Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Byline Broadcast Network and on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. The semifinals of the Euros are set. We'll, we will be talking about that today, obviously. I'll be giving you my picks for the two semifinal matches and also giving you my picks for the final. Lots to get to. Let's also talk about the transfer market. It is heating up. Lots of moves being made. Lots of teams getting in. There are lots of teams making deals and some teams just not. We will talk about it. Let's have a good old chinwag about it. We are coming to you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, as well as iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app. Uh, and I'd like to welcome to the show all of our men and women in uniform this July 4th week. I'd like to welcome you to the show listening on the American Forces Network. Such a pleasure and a privilege to speak with you guys as I do each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, on these very networks. Oh, there is so much to get to today. Find me on Twitter, uh, at Nikiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. You can find me at Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. It's Italy, Spain. It's England, Denmark. I'm going to tell you uh, what I think of these two matches and why it is so interesting that it has come down to uh, this combination especially given the way the odds were stacked previously to the tournament's commencement with France as the big favorite at plus 450. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about national teams. Let's talk about leagues and let's talk about the transfer market of course and we did mention earlier on two new managers in Nuno Espirito Santos and Rafa Benitez have now signed in the Premier League. Let's have a chat about that. Uh, I'm going to have to step aside, take a break. We're going to obviously play some messages for you, and then I'll be back to kick it all off. In the meantime, once again, find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Love to hear from you. And I just added this thing on Facebook where I get to, like, add a badge to you if you communicate with me, if you talk, if you participate. I get to add a super fan badge. So become a World Soccer Radio super fan. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I'll be right back after this. Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM, as well as iHeartRadio. Tune in the award-winning Sirius XM app. And if you miss any part of the show, don't worry. You can catch it as soon as it's over at our podcast network, the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network. A great place for loads and loads and loads of soccer programming. They got it all for you there. Um, I know that you are a uh, sports better because, uh, well, now that it's... Uh, now that the veil has been lifted and we can all place our few bob on the game we like uh, without fear of uh, being carted off to the pokey, I have to tell you about the place that I go to place my sports bet. It's bets. It's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. They've got everything you might want 
in terms of your sports betting, Jones. Literally everything, folks. I am not kidding you. Baseball, basketball, football, golf, hockey, martial arts, horse racing. Uh, they have literally got everything that you might want. Plus, plus, uh, I'm going to just read you the list here. I know this doesn't sound like it's a lot of fun, but let me read you the list of what they have because, I mean, it is uh, incredible. By the way, uh, live game day, uh, live betting on every game, obviously, uh, and uh, it's so much fun. How about uh, Aussie rules football? How about auto racing, boxing, cricket, darts, cycling, entertainment? You want to place a little wager on entertainment? You can do that. The ESPY Awards. You can right now, they're taking bets on the ESPYs. Best MMA. Record-breaking performances. Best female athlete. Best boxer. Oh, Canelo Alvarez is going to win that, hands down. Plus, you want to bet on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. You can do that. Which TV network's going to host the Golden Globes? Which country's going to be the first to come under alien attack? <laughs> I love that one. Oh, so much fun stuff you can do, as well as, of course, handball, uh, lacrosse, the Olympics. We're going to talk about that today. The lottery, politics, rugby league, rugby union, snooker, wrestling, Table tennis. I know you want to bet on that. But, of course, they also have the big boys of sports, basketball, uh, baseball, football, hockey, uh, soccer, uh, NFL, of course, coming up. Uh, tennis. Got Wimbledon going on, or as many of my American friends like to call it, Wimbledon. It's not Wimbledon. It's Wimbledon. Anyway, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Head over there right now. And right now, if you sign up, uh, they will give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Yes, you heard me right. 50% bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay. Um, we have the Olympics coming up literally on the 16th of July, okay, which I think starts on the day after the uh, your, your, uh, UEFA 2020 played in 2021 final. So we're literally going from one tournament to another. Now, look, I do like uh, Olympic soccer, women's Olympic soccer. I, I couldn't care less about the men's. It's like watching a youth team play. Um, but I, you know, it, it has been um, uh, overshadowed a little bit uh, by uh, the World Cup, which, of course, has become, rightly so, a sort of really much bigger tournament than it used to be back in the day. But unlike the men's game, the women's game is not constrained by many of the same uh, restrictions that the men's game is played. So what you are seeing essentially is the A team of American women's soccer playing uh, in the world, in the, in the Olympics. Uh, and so there are obviously some stuff that we have to talk about here. Uh, we're going to get to it. Don't worry about that. We're going to talk about it all. I also want to touch on transfer market today. I have every team, every transfer so far in the Premier League. 100 players have left. 124 players are in. £251 million so far in players... And the top rumor right now is Patson Dacker from Red Bull Salzburg. 
headed over to Leicester City. We're going to talk about Leicester City. They're making a lot of moves. Don't worry. We're going to get to the semis of the of the uh, uh, um, uh, UEFA uh, European Cup 2020, played in 2021. But we are so much to get to in the meantime. So let's talk about it. And I want to start with, for me, what has been the biggest disappointment so far. Now, we, we have lots of time. And yes, I know, folks, I am a little bit all over the place today. You'll excuse me. It is uh, the back end of the July 4th weekend. And uh, I have had, uh, I haven't been out fire. Well, actually, not true. I did fire off a couple of uh, little fireworks with my 12-year-old son. Uh, but I'm not a big partier, so I wasn't out partying. I actually re-watched Band of Brothers on HBO last night. And so I was up till four in the morning, uh, managed to handle all 10 hours of that miniseries in uh, in a period of 24 hours or 28 hours so i'm a little bit tired uh what a brilliant uh what a, what an absolutely brilliant series that was and um hopefully the new one masters of the air will have uh will be as good anyway so let's talk about uh, transfer market arsenal football club you know arsenal are a club that seriously disappointed last season i think we can all agree Mikel Arteta was hamstrung, I think, in many in, in many cases. I think in many cases he didn't do a great job. I think he kind of learning on the job. They finished much stronger than they had uh, for most of the season, winning their last five games in a row uh, against Brighton, against Palace against Chelsea, against West Brom, and against Newcastle. Not that any of those teams, with the exception of Chelsea, really was sort of destined to give them that much, should have given them that much trouble. I would say destined because y you know they did, right? I mean, Arsenal were, were pretty rotten last season. So one would think if Stan Kroenke has real ambitions for this club, really wants to make this club something uh, that looks like the great Arsenal teams of the past, they would invest in players. Well, right now they have seen four players out. David Luiz out, has no club currently, 34 years old. Uh, you know, he's going to end up probably in Dailan or somewhere in China. Danny Ceballos goes. He was on loan anyway, went back to Real Madrid. Matt, Matty Ryan, the goalkeeper, he went to Brighton. He was on a loan. And Martin Odegaard. went back to Real Madrid. Who did they bring in, you might say? Well, they brought in Matteo Guendouzi from Hertha Berlin. I mean, I suppose, you know, it's kind of an end-of-loan situation. Same with Torreira and Kalasanak and Saliba. Who did they bring in? Basically nobody. You think they're going to be any better this season than they were last season? On that basis, why is uh, Pats and Daka not being talked about for Arsenal? Why is Yeremchuk, the Ukrainian, being talked about uh, for West Ham United? You saw him in the in the Euros. West Ham also linked with Giovanni Simeone. Okay, Albert uh, Lokonga. 
was being linked with Arsenal, but now not so much. The bottom line is this club doesn't have any ambition because its owner has no ambition. Its owner is happy, very happy, just to sit back and collect the revenues for one of the most expensive tickets in the Premier League in a beautiful stadium. And if you're an Arsenal supporter, if you're a gooner, that's going to have to drive you insane. All right, I'm going to go to break and be right back with more here on World Soccer Radio. BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. We're talking the transfer market. Yeah, we're going to get to women's Olympic soccer. We're going to get to uh, the Euros. I tell you what, let's take a sidetrack. We went to Arsenal Football Club. Let's get off of Arsenal, shall we? And let's move our way over to Aston Villa, where their big signing has been Bawana Samata coming from Fenerbahce. He's a center forward. 28 years old. They've also brought in Tom Heaton from, uh, um, pardon me, Samata left for Fenerbahce and they got 6.6 million pounds. The big signing, of course, for Aston Villa is Buendia, Emiliano Buendia from Norwich for, are you ready for this? 42 million pounds. So they've also brought in Ashley Young from Inter And they have some loan movements with Samata, Kalinic, and Gibert. Out. Samata to Fenerbahce for six million, and then they loaned him back. <laughs> How about that? Tom Heaton, Bjorn Engels, El Mohamedi, currently without a club and Neil Taylor. So they're out. Brentford, the new boys. Well, they haven't really bringing they haven't really been buying anyone. Are you surprised? You know, does Brentford to you smell a little bit like mm, Sheffield United of when they came up a couple of seasons ago and then obviously went back down last season when they didn't sign anybody. They just kind of took the squad that got him there. Balcomi in from Burton Albion. Bidstrup in from Brentford. Janvier in from Casimpasa. Valencia in from Legia Warsaw. Gunnarsson in from Sickleborg. And uh, Dovizoglu in from Galatasaray. These are all loans. Okay. Out. Henrik Dalsgaard, Macondes, Daniels, Balcom. I'm not expecting any great things. Uh, Brighton haven't bought anybody. It's all been loan business up to this point. Uh, out with Brighton, a same thing. All free transfers and undisclosed frees. Burnley have sold Ben Gibson to Norwich for 10.23 million. Uh, in Nathan Collins from Stoke at 15.4 million. 20 years old, uh, a young centre back, a good one for the future. Uh, Jacob Bendo from Scunthorpe and Lucas Jensen from. Uh, 
an unpronounceable uh, Norwegian team. Chelsea also not really made any massive moves. Bakayako obviously is a big move. Van Ginkel is a big move. Victor Moses loan is over. Brought in 117 million pounds worth of new arrivals at this point. Undisclosed fees on a lot of these. And leaving Tomori. Victor Moses obviously left. Went to Spartak Moscow. And a bunch of guys out on free transfers. Same thing with Palace. Same thing with Everton. Nothing much happening. Except Theo Walcott going to Southampton. Boy, his star fell quickly, did it not? He's 32 years old now, but remember when Theo was the thing at Arsenal? Leeds United's big move, Jack Harrington from Man City for 14 million, the left 24-year-old left winger. Uh, but that is about it. Let's talk about Leicester City, though. Pats and Dacca, they was rumored in from Red Bull Salzburg, and that deal, I mentioned that earlier, that deal actually happened, $33 million. And Bubukari Sumari from Lille, $22 million. You know, we talked about Leicester City and talked about how if they wanted to really compete again and not have a sort of late-season swoon, they needed somebody that was going to back up Jamie Vardy. They couldn't let the weight of the world fall on the shoulders, the rather aging shoulders of Jamie Vardy. And by signing 22-year-old Pats and Dacca, I think they've done that, provided that the young man can live up to the expectations of the Premier League. I think he can. Defensively, they've added in a great defensive midfielder with Sumari, who was at Lille. Uh, 22 million. I think Leicester have done some really good business. Out is Matty James, Christian Fuchs, Wes Morgan, 29-year-old, 35-year-old, 37-year-old, replaced with 22, 22, 29 while well, he's on loan, and a 23-year-old, Philip Benkovic, the centre-back from Leuven, in on loan. Liverpool have lost. Make sure I'm doing okay for time here. Oh, fine, plenty. Liverpool have lost. Georgino Wijnaldum gone to PSG on a free. Ozan Kabak his uh, went back to Schalke. He was on a loan, if you remember. Uh, you know, again, Kabak. If Liverpool had not been able to make their marquee signing. of Ibrahima Konate from Leipzig for 44 million. They probably would have kept Kabak, but they needed coverage in the center back. Part of the way they played, part of the thing we obviously had to do with uh, Joe Gomez and um, Virgil van Dijk's injuries last season that really crimped Liverpool's style and put, really destroyed their title 
defense hopes, actually. So they're not going to have that mistake again. Also in, Sepp van der Berg, Taiwo Awaniyi from uh, Union Berlin, um, Karius Grujic, Minamino is back, I think, after being loaned out to Southampton, and I don't think he's going to stay. Man City have signed Mitinho from Fluminense, the uh, Brazilian midfielder. We'll have to see what happens with City. Out, Angelino, Jack Harrison, Aguero to Barcelona, Eric Garcia, Cabore, Marlos Moreno. These are all players you haven't really seen. Man United, Tom Heaton, Pereira, Delote. Out, Sergio Romero. Newcastle. Nothing in particular to talk about, although Andy Carroll, 32 years old, is out without a club. Great man bun, though. <laughs> uh, Norwich City have done some business, folks. Milot Rashika from Werder Bremen. Ben Gibson in from Burnley. Giannoulis in from Salonika. And Angus Gunn in from Southampton. Also, Flynn Clark. Very, very young. You probably won't see him play. But you will see Rashika Gibson, Janulis, and Gunn. Uh, they will all be playing for Norwich. They will attempt to remain in the Premier League and not get bounced. Southampton have also done some business. Romain Perot in from Stadia Brest. Tottenham. Well, Sessegnon, Foyth, Gazinga. Foyth left, went to Villarreal for 16.5 million. Watford have three signings. Luza, Imran Luza from Nantes, Emmanuel Denis from Bruges, and Matty Pollock from Grimsby. Out, Greg Dawson and Bell, Ben Wilmot going to West Ham and Stoke. We talked about West Ham earlier. Craig Dawson in from Watford. Wolves have brought in Jerson Mosquera in from Atletico Nacional. And that is a roundup of the transfer news so far in the Premier League. Uh, if you're thinking, where are the big signings? If you're thinking, where are the marquee moves? If you're thinking, where are the teams that really needed to sign players? So far for me, for my money, only two, two teams have made really, really major inroads in that situation. I think number one, of course, is Leicester City. And number two is Liverpool signing uh, Konate as a centre-back, provided he can live up to the expectations. So that's a little roundup of where we are in the transfer market. It's going to get hot and heavy once the Euros are actually over. <clears throat> and I think we'll see some more movement this week and next week. Uh, remember, August, uh, the uh, middle of uh, August, the Premier League starts again. There will be some preseason, although it will be a rather limited slate of preseason matches as they hope to have more of a regular Premier League season uh, in front of them and not this sort of compressed thing that uh, creates a lot of injuries and stress on the players. Um, Arsenal Football Club, where are you? That's one that really, really stands out to me. Where on earth are Arsenal? Who are they going to sign? What are they going to do? Because they cannot languish in the type of mediocrity that they've been languishing in. Because, you know, the Cronkies are going to find out very quickly that the value of that team is going to plummet if they don't start performing on the pitch. Because there are the big money teams, whether you're talking Mashiri at Everton, 
uh, whether you're talking about the owners of West Ham United, uh, you know, whether you're talking about the unpronounceable but very nice owners of Leicester City, there are other people with big money that are owning these teams that are investing in the teams, unlike Arsenal Football Club. All right, I have to go to break. I'll be right back. Let's talk Euros. Let's talk Olympics after the break. Island Broadcast Network, Sirius XM, with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. I'm your host, Nick Eber. Find me on Twitter, at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, Facebook.com, forward slash World Soccer Radio. Look, um, let's get the Euro predictions and discussions out of the way, because there are only three matches left in the tournament. And then I want to move on to the Olympics, and I want to talk about the U.S. Women's National Team equal pay discussion, because I think that is a discussion worthy of happening. And, and you may be surprised a little bit of my position on this. Um, but let's get to the Euros, the semifinals first, where we have sort of really a bit of a lopsided odds makers match for the semifinals, if not, you know, the actual way they work out. As I mentioned to you many times, you have to actually play these matches. So uh, just talking about them and saying, well, on paper, if FIFA were playing it, of course. Italy are the favorites, plus 140. Spain, plus 220. The Spanish got through by dint of penalties. A very, very, very tight result for the Spanish against Switzerland. The Italians really made Belgium the team that everybody loved. Everybody's passion play was Belgium. Oh, my God, the plucky Belgians. And aren't they fantastic? And this and the other. Well, you know, the Italians made them look pedestrian. They really did. I mean, the, the Italians just kind of put their foot on their neck and really kind of didn't lift it up. So on paper... Spain and Italy, you know, pretty much a mismatch. Uh, yeah, the Spanish are organized, absolutely. The Spanish are a very organized team. And the Italians, not so organized, although defensively, they, they've been very good. One would think, one would think that the Italians should romp over Spain. I tend to think the Italians will romp over Spain. In the group stages with Wales, Switzerland, and Turkey, they didn't concede a goal. They won all three of their games. In the round of 16, they conceded one goal to Austria. In the quarterfinals, they conceded one goal to Belgium. I want to say they've scored... 11 goals and conceded two. That's a pretty good number. They play with panache. They play with Italian verve. They play with zeal. They have a nice, fast-paced game. The days of Cautanazio are long gone. Roberto Mancini has a good side with some real talent. 
Immobile, Insigne, Donnarumma, etc., etc. And the Spanish team are just kind of like a bit of a plodding machine. Organized, absolutely. Talented, yeah. I mean, they're a decent team. Is this the best Spanish team you've ever seen? Of course not. No. Uh, Italy are going to win this game and get to the finals of the Euros. I will eat my hat if they do not. And the odds makers would tend to agree with me. Italy are plus 140. Spain is plus 220. Uh, there you go. To advance Italy. That's on regulation time. To advance Italy, minus 140. Spain, plus 120. There's your spread. That's a big spread, folks. Minus 140 to plus 120. Italy, the odds makers' favorites to advance. On the other side... You've got England with the momentum. The first semi-final since 1996 in England. Euro 96. Football's coming home. <coughs> See, I'm choking up on that. Not really, but sound, sounded good, didn't it? They've got momentum. They've got belief. They've finally got some goals under their belt. Four goals. They slotted past Ukraine. in a game that was mismatched. Shevchenko did the best he could with a team of players who had belief, who had fire, who had zeal, who had, you know, that mental side. However, when they went down a goal early in the game, game over. Then it was just England having to break down Ukraine, which they did effectively. And uh, any time Ukraine had to show some sort of a counter, England whomped them. Was it a tough game for England? Not really. Was it an important game for England? Absolutely. Because as I have been saying, you have to instill a bit of fear in your opponents. And I think in the group stages, England did not do that. But I think when they beat Germany 2-0 at Wembley, I think that was the game. I think, I think Ukraine were already defeated when they came out. And so when Denmark faced England, who have been, Denmark, of course, have been on this incredible roller coaster ride of emotion from losing Christian Eriksen to a heart attack in the first match against Finland. Is he dead? Is he alive? Thank God he's okay. He backs the team. They come back. They play that match. They lose. It looks like they may be eliminated. Then they finally pull their proverbial, you know, doo-doo together and come back and make it through the group stages. And now, finally, meeting up with what I thought was a very game Czech Republic side. Uh, but much like Ukraine, it was mismatched. Denmark beating them 2-1. Are the Danes going to instill fear, instill fear into England? No. Should England be afraid of the Danes? Yes. I think the style of football that the Danes play does not match well with the style of football England plays. The Danes are also very technical and very organized. Do they have as much talent A to Z as the English team do? No, they do not. Are they going to be difficult to England to break down? Absolutely. 
Will they frustrate England? Absolutely. Are they capable of hitting England and hurting them badly on the counter? Absolutely. They are not Ukraine. On the other hand, they're not Germany either. But, and I'm, I'm going to put a capital B for this one. Anytime England played Germany, you have to take that match, put a wall around it, and take it completely out of the context of whatever tournament it is, because that is the rivalry. You know, one World Cup and two World Wars, you know, the whole thing, right? I think this England-Denmark game is going to be a lot closer than you might think. Do I think England will get through? I'm going to tell you I am not convinced of it, but they should. England are big favorites to advance, minus 280. Denmark, plus 225. In regulation, England, wow, minus 140. Denmark, plus 460. Long shots in regulation. Folks, I like to draw in regulation. I think this is going into extra time. Don't think it's going to penalties. Plus 265, take the draw, England-Denmark regulation. But England, I believe, will advance at minus 280 and set up an England-Italy final. Italy were plus 1,000 coming into this tournament. England were plus 500 to win it. I'm pretty sure that will be your final. Uh, it's going to be great to watch it. Super fun. Again, by the time I'm back on the air with you, we'll have uh, one of these, at least one of these semifinals uh, will be out and done already, and that is going to be tomorrow's semifinal between Spain and Italy. Of course, England are praying for Spain because, quite frankly, I think England are going to have a horrid time against Italy. I think if Italy get by Spain, I think Italy will win the Euros. I like this team. Did they peak too early? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But this is a damn good team. And keep in mind, you're seeing a lot of players you haven't really seen a lot of unless you watch Serie A. Insigne, Immobile. I mean, these are players that can put the hurt on England. At times, England look clueless. At times, they look like they are completely without ideas. You cannot do that. You cannot do that against this Italian team. They will punish you, and they will punish you badly. And by the way, I know I promised we'd talk about Olympic women's soccer. We're not going to have time to do that today. I got sidetracked. We'll do that tomorrow. How does that sound? I like this Italian team. I think they're playing some of the nicest, cleanest, most entertaining football in the tournament. Defensively, they are strong on the attack. They are quick. They are fast. They are, shall we say, uh, a machine. At times, England struggle. A lot has fallen on the shoulders of Raheem Sterling. Yes, it was great to see Harry Maguire. Yes, it's great to be, see Harry Kane knocking in goals. But maybe... Just maybe, is it possible Ukraine were the wrong quarterfinal opponents? And Denmark 
the wrong semi-final opponents to set them up for a very, very, very tough match against Italy. I suppose this is going to come down to preparation. Not, I'm not talking about tactical preparation. Yes, that's important, of course, against the Italians. But I'm talking about the mental preparation. Because believe you me, if England get by Denmark, this Italian team is a totally different kettle of fish than the Ukrainians and the Danes. And again, that Germany match, take it out of context, people. That is a rivalry. England could be playing Germany in your backyard on a two-on-two, -two, and they will be as passionate to win the game as they will uh, at the Euros or in a friendly. Remember England 5-1 at Wembley? <laughs> I, mean, I remember. I have it. I have it here on videotape somewhere. Does anyone even have videotape still? Well, I do, although I don't have a machine to play it. I remember watching that game and people were crying. Nineteen sixty six people. That is a year that has been etched indelibly into the psyche of every England supporter. Twenty twenty one will not be the year England win a major tournament. I believe it will be the year England go to the final of a major tournament. And that, my friends, and that is progress. I think all of the um, heat that Gareth Southgate has taken about being inept and tactically inept and not the right guy, I think he has proven the pundits dead wrong. What do you think? Find me on Twitter, at Nikiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. I've got to step aside. Be right back to wrap it up after this. by betonline.ag coming to you on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM where I'm with you every day, a weekday that is, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern Time, then again midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, I know I promised that I would talk about the Women's World Cup. Didn't have time to do that today. We're going to do that uh, tomorrow. And we'll probably take it over into Wednesday. I want to talk about the Women's World Cup. I want to also talk about the equal pay discussion I have some opinions, uh, you know, I'm hedging a little bit, but I, it may not make me the most popular guy around, but I, I, I want to talk about it and I want to tell you how I feel about it, so you probably want to check that out and uh, just please don't cancel me, okay? Promise? Anyway, by Wednesday we will have the finals of the Euros all set for the big finale in Wembley. Uh, I predict it will be England-Italy, <clears throat> where I predict the Italians will raise the trophy. Those are my predictions. Uh, again, pre, uh, prior to the start of the tournament, Italy was plus 1,000 1, to win it. So if you put uh, $100, you get 1,000. If you put $1,000, you get 10,000. Not bad, huh? Not bad at all. All right, uh, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, is where you should be going to place your bets. Uh, in the meantime, find me on Twitter, at Nakiba, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, 
at facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. As I said, I now have this new super fan button. Would you not love to be a super fan of World Soccer Radio? I know you would. Uh, if you do, just head over there and make some comments like Ray Roscoe and some of my other listeners like to communicate with me over at World Soccer Radio on Facebook. Uh, it's a great place to have a conversation. Uh, let's talk about it. And just one final reminder, I am here with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America. Also, find the podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Got to run. Enjoy the first semifinal. Speak to you after that. Drop a truck midway to the motorway station. Fairly coming up on the left-hand side. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.